Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Little known fact, Mary and Joseph had Jesus in the America room at Shroot Farms. <laughs> the three wise men were Mose, Zeke. And Jeb. Yeah, and Jeb. <laughs> out of paper, out of stock. There's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains that are causing you pain. Call Michael and Stanley, Jim Dwight Creed. Call Andy and Kelly for your business paper needs. Or Dundamip, then the people purses paper people. Dundamip, then the people purses paper people. Dundamip, then the people purses paper people. Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, aka the GDMSPC, a show for fans of the office by fans of the office. I'm your host and a fickle pickle salesman who will tickle you for a nickel, Sean Roney. And I'm Edwin James Dwight Jr. And with us, as always, our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. Excuse me. I have to run to my car to take a dump. (laughs) Yes, that is the perfect drop. Every week we get together and talk about our favorite show, NBC's The Office, This week, uh, we have our main topic, and then we'll do a conference room at the end. We'll do a year in review, our Christmas watch list, uh, maybe just our our recommendations for you to uh, uh, of uh, things to watch or listen to uh, during this winter break. And then uh, we'll do some listener trivia uh, as usual. Uh, This week, uh, my opening question to you gentlemen, Mm. look back on your year. And answer me honestly. Have you been impish or admirable? Because this week we're talking about Dwight Christmas. I've been a little impish, not going to lie. <laughs> been playing too many video games over the pandemic. <laughs> oh boy. I think admirable. <laughs> and I'd say somewhere in the middle. Um, <laughs> Uh, Dwight Christmas season nine, episode nine, 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 uh, <laughs> uh, air date was, uh, December 6th, 2012. It was written by Robert Padnick and directed by Charles McDougal. Um, Dude. this is the, this is the season nine Christmas episode. Um, and we've done, uh, we've done only one Christmas episode what did we talk about last year was it well, benihana christmas i think we did two <laughs> i think yeah, we, we did, did two that's right we did. i think uh we did one about christmas party in season two one about benihana christmas yes mm-hmm. um so you can go you can go back and listen to those if you haven't heard them and i think on one hand this gives us a chance to talk about season nine because we're a little bit further away from it in terms of our seasonal recaps but also interestingly enough this was going to be a concept for the season four christmas episode which uh, that season got kind of truncated uh, and adjusted because of the writer's strike. And hmm. they, they always wanted to do this idea and they brought it back in season nine. So oh, that would in a way so we're going different. in order. I know. If Michael, Can you if imagine Michael was there? this? Yeah. When Michael was there season four. Oh man. And then a lot of the Christmases after that were the plot was too intertwined into the Christmas episode to do Dwight Christmas. So this was the perfect. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it, but I think there's a lot of plot intertwined to this episode and it's mm-hmm. a little, ugh. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh... <laughs> this is still a season nine episode. Okay. Even though it's a Christmas <laughs> episode. All right. And we're not going to give it a break. Okay? I know, you're not going to let us but, forget. Uh, 
yeah, but uh, but you know, tis the season. It's a it's a Christmas episode. Um, First of uh, all, Sean, so- really quickly, I want I I think is this. I know we did a Patreon episode in your in your new place, oh, but this yeah, is yeah, your yeah. first uh, public episode in your new place, is it not? This is my first yeah, public the new episode in the new place. Congrats, so if I sound bro. funny, I am in a cement box underground yeah, right now. I'll, I'll get there's no furniture in here. I think that'll help once I get some. Did you figure out what to do with that clown painting that was integral <laughs> to the structural integrity get of the building? There. Apparently, it does not come off. That would, but uh, but if I ever do get it off, I'll sell it. At I a wish I thought there I had really tried to get you that as a housewarming present. That same painting. <laughs> that would have been a funny joke, but then I. But you'd have to it'd just be know what to do with the clown painting. I know. <laughs> you know, one thing that is kind of funny for the listeners is um, when Sean w- showed us the house, like on Zillow, we got to see photos of it. One of the bedrooms had a threat level midnight poster on the wall. Oh yeah, that's, that's so. Right. Tr- oh my gosh, I totally forgot about that. You're right. That's the sign yeah. it's meant yeah. to be. So uh, we'll just start with the cold open. So I'll say I'll say this when I, I was I started watching this show uh, when the, this episode again today. Um, for a second, I thought this was going to be the Jim bites his lip cold open because he's doing so much like weird lip stuff at the beginning. So if you go back and watch it, maybe you'll know what I'm talking well, about. Well, he's debating which shirt to wear. Right, right. But he's like chewing on his lip the whole time. Anyway, so he's like, yeah, he's debating what shirt to wear because he's going to go to Philadelphia. He's going to have his first day finally at athlete, which is, uh, you know, he and Pam have been debating and she is letting him go. He is trying to get to Philadelphia. I love mm-hmm. Philly. Dirty town. <laughs> <laughs> That's just gonna be okay, a great speaking of cold open <laughs> speaking of cold open i didn't get a theme song when i watched it on netflix netflix today i don't think i did either now that you s- they just oh. played the opening credits is that so oh interesting I didn't even notice i'm so i wonder if it has anything to do with the show leaving for peacock very soon if you well, the one right before it, the, the episode right before it is the target, and it had the theme credits. I just I, hmm. you'd think I don't they would leave it in to or p- even put it in to have some time to make up for the the, the short Black Peter scenes they've cut. It makes me oh, wonder. Yes. Yeah, we'll talk about that. I I was trying to figure out. I, I didn't have a. I didn't get too far in this research thread, but like, what else aired that day, and like, what if if it was some sort of scheduling programming thing that caused them to not have the theme song but i just didn't see it when i when i watched on netflix today Mm. like they just started playing the credits and i I thought to myself that's strange like they normally don't do that until after the the theme song but not even a short open Mm. where you know they sometimes it's very short it's very truncated but yeah sure Mm. yeah that's a good call anyway so we get jim debating whether or not his shirt is too blue um Dwight, uh, Pam can't really answer him. Dwight steps in and says, yes, it's too blue. It makes your ne- head look like a mop or mop your neck look like a mop handle. This isn't a very funny cold open. I mean, I don't know if everyone agrees with that, but in my opinion, it's not. But it establishes for the episode that Jim, Pam and Dwight have become this tiny little family. I think it also establishes that Jim really cares about this. That's coming up. The fact that he's being neurotic about his color of shirt, which is very unlike yeah. Jim, uh, yeah, establishes that, that like this party happening and everything going on in their lives. Like Jim really, really, really gives a crap about this thing. Um, and then it plays out for the episode uh, for for plot later. Yeah, you compare that with the way that he dresses in the first few seasons, how comfortably he is wearing a tuxedo uh, in, the, <laughs> in the new boss episode yeah. to now, you know. Thinking again, overthinking about which color shirt to wear. I immediately think when he talks about Dwight's like, you look like a mop handle. And Pam kind of gives Jim a look like the he's not wrong. Uh, yeah. But I immediately thought of Fantasia, the the mops coming to life and carrying the water. Around. <laughs> oh my God. And then I thought of Jim <laughs> yeah. like as a mop person from that scene in the yeah. movie. <laughs> but this is this is setting the stage for what happens uh, later in the episode that we'll see between uh, Jim, uh, Pam and Dwight, really, that that Pam and Dwight are upset that Jim is leaving is essentially yeah. where this is going. And just as an overview of of the episode, like I got to say, and this is I think this is a problem with season nine overall. It's like exhausting when I was like looking at all the storylines or characters that we need to talk about in this episode, 
it's a it's an exhausting list. Like you've got <laughs> Jim with going to Philly and you know betraying Dwight and Pam and Dwight with his Belschnickel and his family history. Daryl being upset that Jim uh, hasn't asked him to come to Philly yet. You got Andy still being a douche. He's out at sea <laughs> over email. Yeah. There's the whole. There's the whole Aaron and Pete story. There's the whole Toby and Nelly story. There's the whole Angela and Oscar story. <laughs> it is. It is like, oh my god. Just give me an episode where they drug test everyone. Keep yeah, it simple. I just want some Christmas karaoke <laughs> from Creed. You know, it's 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 funny that you mentioned all this because I was trying to. The, the thing I mentioned about Greg Daniels talking about the Belschnickel idea initially being in season four, I was trying to find that in the Andy Green book. So I went back and I read the chapter on season nine looking for it. And um, one thing that came across in that chapter is how they were all kind of a, a little bit at the end of the line, like in terms of coming up with new stories, there was just a little bit of fatigue in the writer's room, I think, with trying to come up with new stuff. Is the show going to come back? And you know, they used Catherine Tate, Nellie, as an example of they had this person who's very talented, well-known in England who comes to the U.S. And like they're trying to find room for her in the ensemble. Mm-hmm. And and I think there's a quote from one of the writers who was like who who said something like, let's come up with a G storyline for for Nellie. And oh. it's like a, a G storyline, like how fractured is the story? Um, because yeah. they want to they want to honor everyone in the ensemble and give them something to do. But at the same time. You know, if you do, if you try to go back to too many small storylines, you end up circling or feeling like you're repeating what you did in the early season. So they had a big yeah. challenge. And I think you just you can really see it in this episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think they only, that storyline only gets two scenes in this episode. Like the first time when he's talking about it and everyone leaves and Nellie's like, oh. oh, tell me more. And then it goes to the end when she's shushing him. Well, then they they have a couple of cut ins, and what's, they, do. what's it, they have to they always are there in the background when we see yes, that's Aaron true. and Pete yeah. in the annex. They're still talking, but then we cut to the to the end where they kiss. And by the way, I I was telling these guys, you know, I was like, I don't know if I've ever really seen this episode like <laughs> just sat through the whole thing because this is about at this point in season nine that I can barely stand. Yes, and sitting through it today, I don't. I was like, I genuinely don't know if I've ever watched that final scene with Nellie and Toby, and it is so uncomfortable, isn't it? Oh yeah. <laughs> Question: it Here's is, a off the cuff. Would you rather? Would you rather just sitting you and the other person in a room? Would you rather sit there and have Pete do the entirety of Die Hard, or would you have rather have Toby tell you all about the trial of the Scranton Strangler? Ugh. Die Hard is not playing. Die Hard is not. It's Pete doing every line or Toby telling you the entire jury process. Of the I family. think I think I'm still going to take the jury study. <laughs> the <laughs> Me jury too. Me story. Too. Yeah. yeah. Me too. Um, just because we you know, don't it, know what happened. <laughs> it did make me think of when I was I had jury duty. I was on a jury for five days. And it was a painful uh, experience and one that I think about often still. But um, anytime anyone asks me about them, uh, anytime anyone asks me about it and I start talking about it, I can see their interest like slowly dwindle as I start to just launch into the whole thing. But you got to eat those. would be interesting. You got to get those good empanadas from Ernesto's, right? (laughs) Right. Here's the thing about Moonlight. It's not sunlight. <laughs> There's just, I like little clues like that where you're like, oh, you're, you're starting to just see shreds of what this actual case was. And it's like, all right, so uh, some kill happened at night and someone saw it, but the moon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's another kind of throwaway line when Toby is talking and it, it, he says something like it was two nickels and maybe a dime, not quite a quarter. Like, what could that possibly be about? <laughs> Someone had pocket change that didn't make sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. so funny. It is. It's those nauseating details. Yeah. <laughs> like if you actually are on a, on a jury, like you will get, you will find those little details to be so, those are so important to the story, but to everyone else, it's so boring. Right. <laughs>
You know, the last time I got summoned for jury duty, not to keep us on this topic forever. Uh, <laughs> People start turning off this episode. Hey, so, well, it was the day before Thanksgiving. And they, I was I was kind of concerned, like, how is this going to work? And halfway through the day, I didn't even have to wait through the whole day. They just announced they're not going to take any new cases today. You can all go home and enjoy your holiday and you're done for at least two years. I was like, well, that's about as good as it could have possibly been. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I had a very similar experience with yeah. some Well, or the worst it can go is you're on a week-long sexual assault case, but uh, <laughs> let's go, let's move on. Um, so, um, so of, of course, the highlight of this episode is that it's Dwight Christmas. It's it's the Bell Schnickel uh, Pennsylvania Dutch Christmas. It's the and Bell it, Schnickel it, of the ball. Yeah, and just as Oscar says, it's a real thing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, now you believe it because some Democrat looked it up on Wikipedia? <laughs> Which, by the way, if you go on Wikipedia, it's exactly what Oscar says. <laughs> I love just the little Democrat comment. It's so yeah. funny. Yeah. I don't know why yeah. that makes me laugh that it's Oscar. Uh, it's good. But it's true. I mean, he does. He describes the whole thing. And, and you are like, no way. And it, yeah, it's all true. Mm-hmm. All true. I went, and walk, I, I went on Wikipedia and I looked it up. Yeah. No doubt. I think, too, this is the moment where they allude to uh, the scene that got cut from Netflix and over uh, over this past summer, um, which is after Oscar reads that scene or he reads the description on Wikipedia. Dwight pulls back into the conference room and pulls out his phone to text in the scene that has now been cut. He texts Nate, who is uh, who is wearing blackface as Belschnickel's companion. And uh, he turns around and walks away. He doesn't have any speaking lines, but they cut that scene from the episode. And Greg Daniels issued a statement about apologizing for it. Um, but yeah, later so- we do see Nate wearing some of the makeup still. Yeah. Well, and I think yeah. as as a late 2020 episode, like I think this is, uh, you know, a, about this year, you know, what happened earlier was, you know, with with the Black Lives Matter movement, a lot of a lot of. Shows Wait, do you mean the, the poisonous into... smoke or do you mean the pandemic or do you mean murder hornets <laughs> yeah. or do you mean economic uncertainty? But this yeah. was a thing in 2020 that, you know, a lot of shows um, were like, you know what? You're right. That's not funny. We're going to just get rid of that. So 30 Rock had a similar thing, right, where Jenna's in blackface. They removed. I think they've cut that from the streaming services. Maybe maybe they maybe they didn't. But uh, yeah, I, I know that Tina Fey asked for it. And and they cut this uh, this quick little cutaway to Nate in the parking lot. But they yeah, they do leave him later in the episode. He, you can see that he's wiped it all off because we see Dwight like do the te- text someone and we don't know what that was going to. So that's a really like complicated. That's a very um, tough joke to piece together without that. I this is the first time I've watched this episode since I knew that they cut that scene. Mm-hmm. And I actually thought it totally worked. Like it's definitely yeah. a lot more subtle, but if you're paying attention, it, it actually, I thought the joke landed better in some ways without it, because mm-hmm. you just see him do that text and, and you're like, Oh, he's clearly texting someone. Right. To, to not like it, it makes sense the way his body language, the way he texts and then seeing Nate later with just a twinge of makeup and some of the on there you're like then it's funny in that moment you're like oh he was gonna have nate come in like that so i thought it still worked actually i was i was kind of surprised by how well it did it's very very similar to in season seven's costume contest where michael dresses up as daryl and people have caught that there's like two finger smudges on the back of michael's neck (laughs) right which yes is that and and the point is that uh the fact that Michael started and decided it was a bad idea it. and stopped is funnier than him actually doing it. Like, and that proves that they, that's the, I feel like seeing Nate with it wiped off is it's proves the, yeah. that, that was the intention of that earlier yeah. joke with Michael. And I know, I know um, some people are like, Oh, you know, cutting the scene, why, whatever it's comedy. And, you know, honestly, after seeing it where it's like, I, you don't even need it. It doesn't totally matter. It didn't ruin it. the, episode totally fine I, I think that that's i think that that's the point of all that is it's yeah. offensive and you don't need it so it's uh, you know uh, but anyways moving on i think actually one of the weird uh, if we're just talking about tasteless humor in this episode too it's like this that weird joke with like so dumatril right is like revealed as like a antidepressant that nelly's been taking earlier in the season yeah it's in here comes trouble so 
in this episode, did you I don't know if you guys y'all picked up on this joke because I've yeah. never heard it before. But like Dwight says, like the Pam offers him like punch or something. And he's like, Eggnog, no, I think. Yeah, he's like, no, I'm just going to take another Dumatril. Like Jim taught me about this cool way to take it where you uh, grind it up and snort it up your butt. And I was just like, what? This is such a weird weird office joke. joke. It's a weird joke. Dwight's hooked on antidepressants and he's snorting them up his butt. This is like, (laughs) that's so weird. And such a dark prank for Jim to pull. To be fair, that is a traditional Pennsylvania Dutch Christmas uh, move that you do. (laughs) I agree. It's not for everyone. (laughs) It is interesting that that's, I think, the only other time they allude to it. Because at the end of Here Comes Treble, it's kind of... Nelly kind of suggests it to Dwight because Dwight has so much going on in his life that he's managing and, and looking after. And some people in, online have kind of asked, does this explain why Dwight acts the way he does in season nine? Right. Yeah. Which yeah. is an interesting kind of thing to consider. But I, I also kind of think this is an example of where the writers had so many stories going on that they just abandoned this one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, it, it is, it is funny and that he, that he mentions it again. And I have a hard, I mean, I get why they would they would bring that in or, or give that to Dwight because Dwight is so intense and focused and worried about everything. But there's a line where Michael in stress relief says, do I stress you out? And Dwight says, nothing stresses me out. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, that's that's pure Dwight right there. Mm-hmm. I want to talk real quick, though, about why they're having this in the first place, right? Why they throw this party is. And it's, it's a, also it's an odd way to get into this party, which is essentially Aaron looking at the office calendar and being like, oh, the Christmas party's today. And then no one realizes it. And there's still, they show some Thanksgiving decorations that are still up. I mean, I guess to imply that they've just, no one's thought about actually doing this because everyone else has been focused on other things in their life. Mm. Right. To tell you the right. truth, it kind of, it bugs me a little bit that when they, when, uh, so Pam pitches the idea to the party planning committee, they discuss the whole thing and, they go back out to present to the rest of the staff what they're going to do. And there are no Christmas decorations anywhere in the office. It just seemed like that doesn't really compute with the way they've handled Christmas and all these other holidays mm-hmm. to not have anything up. It well, just seemed out of place to me. Yeah, yeah. there's that little cutaway to the, just the turkey. When Nellie's like, yeah, yeah, Nellie's like, really? And there's just a cutaway to the turkey. Like yeah. They haven't changed anything. I think I, I think it alludes to just how much how they have too many things going on in this season. Yeah, it feels like it was a conversation in the writers' room where they got to a certain point and they're like, "Oh yeah, we have to do a Christmas episode." Really? Already? Yeah. It's almost, mm-hmm. and then they just wrote that into the episode. They're like, "What if they did what we did?" <laughs> even the even the dialogue between Jim and Pam, where they're in the conference room giving a talking head, and Pam said, and Jim says, um, "Was it what you expected?" And Pam says, Dwight is holding a candle and reading a poem. They rush <laughs> to it, which is funny, but it, it, it does kind of detract from the point that like it's not a Christmas episode as the office has established. Right. Hmm. Yeah. But I do like I do like when Dwight sort of pitches the idea. Jim is immediately enthusiastic because it's Jim loves to bring Dwight's personal traditions and life into the office as much as he can to ridicule him about it. And uh, it which. <laughs> Uh, Jim brings a great trivia team name when he's like, am I the only one who wants to try Hufflepuffs and Schnauzerhosen and meet this Glenn Pickle guy? I think <laughs> a trivia name of this Glenn Pickle guy is a super yeah. deep cut. That's that's, that's good. Awesome. <laughs> I, You know, it's funny. We've been kind of critical of this episode so far, but I there is a ton of funny stuff. I love the Belschnickel of it all. Um, yeah. and But it does seem to live at this tension point between... Jim wanting to leave the office, Dwight being very upset about that, and all, all of the characters kind of being caught in the middle of that. And also, Erin is just out of... I mean, she's in character, but she's not her usual self. No, because she's, she's... she's dealing with Andy being a dick and, and also Pete trying to show her that he knows all of Die Hard. It's just a strange thing for her. And, like, you, I would I would count... I, I always count on Erin to just bring this jovial silliness and moments of brightness and she's not even there to do that for this episode too it's, that's it's exactly that is exactly the note that i made watching it was just that like i want aaron aaron like who is this like she's there's a part where pete and kevin are back and forth quoting Die Hard, and she's like she's just like 
<laughs> I don't know what any of this means. And it's like, that's so not Aaron. That's not what she would say. It's it's just very like, and maybe it's one of these things where it's like, well, she's she's grown since like we first met her and all these things. But it's just like, well, it's not funny. It would be nice if, if so, you know, yeah. the storyline is not very funny. It might have been funnier in that moment and more true to Aaron if she if she said something like, <laughs> I don't get it. Like she's yeah, trying exactly. to, she's That's... trying to play along. She's trying to be part of the group. Yeah, yeah. She's like, I don't know what this is. What? Yeah, exactly. Or and then it like the next scene of that is her, like with the script up, correcting Pete, which also feels really weird that she wouldn't just be sitting there watching Pete doing it and like loving it. Exactly. Um, and obviously, obviously, we're not trying to be like, oh, Aaron should be this way or anything, because she's thinking about. Andy and how much of a dick he's being. So well, she's we, obviously distracted, but still, it's like... We've watched Aaron, like, flirt with someone else while she's dating someone else before because she was dating Gabe on that one Valentine's Day when she's, mm. like, flirting with Andy the whole time. And that was funny. So this yeah. is, like, what what happened? What Anyways. happened? It's a, it's, a, it's a weird thing, but mm-hmm. it's... Again, it's it's... It's just establishing their relationship so they can Pete can take over from Andy. Uh, but I do like the scene though with you mentioned with Kevin and Pete. That's a great little scene where they're doing yeah, the lines fun. and then and then he, he corrects Kevin of when the uh, when the Yippie Kaye <laughs> line is and Kevin is just distraught and he has to leave. He's <laughs> like, it's okay, Kevin. He's like, it's not okay. <laughs> that's like when people correct us. <laughs> that's, that's what it feels. Like. That's exactly what it feels like. No, it's not okay. I have to leave. Oh, that's true. That's true. Um, uh, let's get back to though. Let's get back to the actual Christmas part of this episode because uh, Dwight, who is overjoyed that this is happening, and says that you know his grandpa was an okay Belshnikel, but Dwight is great at it, right? And he mm-hmm, mm-hmm. brings a lot of pride and his Pennsylvania Dutch roots to the office here. And Born to be Belshnikel. <laughs> it's kind of uh, incredible how much uh, equipment he already had ready for this, um, despite not knowing it was going to happen. <laughs> all the bowls, all the outfit. <laughs> the uh, set of rubber gaskets for canning jars. <laughs> I, I know. All the presents he gives everyone, the burlap sack. He's got a toilet in his car. Yeah, that that trumpet that he blows. uh, He's got it all. So uh, luckily Dwight's there to to save Christmas. He's got a whole thing of glue vine. Um, He's Mm. got a a hog maw. Uh, He's ready Mm, to go. Hog mama. Yeah. (laughs) I love this hog mama. (laughs) Uh, You mentioned the candle reading scene. which is strange. That's all just a setup for him to, to dress up like Belschnickel. Again, it's it. You're right. It, it never feels like a Christmas episode. And then it's like Phyllis comes through and saves the day, and she's like, "I found a bunch of decorations in the warehouse." Yeah. And then it Where finally the, feels like a Christmas episode. Where are the sugar cookies? Where's the karaoke machine? As Meredith says. Yeah. Kevin dressing up as Santa feels like a a rightful. Uh, thing that hasn't happened in any other christmas yeah episode. i know it's uh yeah they graze right over that i, I love when he he carries angela off the table i thought that was such a funny scene and Amazing. then later she's sitting on his lap and they're talking about they're having a i don't know happy conversation it, it reminds me of when um aaron jumps on stanley's back in the lice episode where it's just oh, this yeah. very small person is on this very big person. Yeah. <laughs> just, always good. A, yeah, yeah. Always good. Meredith strapped oh. to Kevin. In the <laughs> I was just going to say that. I love when Meredith says, hey, Belshnikov, I've been real bitch too. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. We, we get... Goes up against the wall. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, let's talk about when Dwight is like whipping people with um, <laughs> with his like, uh, I don't know. It's like a bunch of straw or something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, chimney for... broom is what it looks like. He only hits two people, right? He first he hits uh, Oscar, and it's and and this is where I want to talk about like compare season nine to earlier seasons. So he says like, "Have you been? Uh, he, what does he say? Like cheer or fear? Belschnickel like, is Bell-Schnickel's here. here, and like you have been." And he pauses, and then he like looks over at Angela, and then <laughs> looks over at Oscar. <laughs> and goes impish and smacks him, right? And I'm just like, 
I'm thinking like, why is this so cheesy? Like, why does it feel so cheesy? Like if, like if this had happened in season two, I feel like he would have hit him. And then after that, people would be like, why'd you do that? And like, he'd it'd like cut away to him looking at Angela. Does that does that make sense? Oh, we're not in season two anymore, though. You I know, know I know. That's what I'm saying, rules, though. But I'm just pointing out, like, sorry, this is just like a really minor thing that I was like, the way they did that is so cartoonish, yeah, compared to like the real drama that they used to create. Anyway, so okay, that's the first time, and then he hits Jim a bunch, and Jim is like such a baby about it. Jim is really annoying in this episode. It's like it's it's same way he reacts getting hit with snowballs. Yeah. Ow, ow, what the hell? And then he's like, and then he's just like he's like, that's enough. I'm done. Okay. Like he like announces it to the whole room. It's just like, just, just walk away, man. <laughs> you think like he should just allow Dwight to just hit him with the yeah. <laughs> he could just like <laughs> he could just walk away. I think I think one thing, uh that might have been a factor in that scene is there's a blooper of uh, Rain Wilson hitting John Krasinski and him. Oh, what the hell? And they all break. Like they had a, <laughs> I think they had a hard time getting that scene. All right. I, I, I figure. <laughs> I will say that's like my favorite scene of this episode is the whole is the Belschnickel of it all and him giving out the gifts to everyone. I think that's just so funny and silly. It's uh, but. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. It, it, this is a very different Christmas episode from the rest of them. Yes. I wish we had gotten Belschnickel in season four. I with do. Michael. Mm. And yeah, I think um, this version of Dwight. Who would have been, who would have been Black Peter in season four? <laughs> There's no Nate. He, he would have tried to get Ryan to do it, and Ryan would say no. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> or, or Michael would just show up with the two fingerprints on his neck. <laughs> I like Ryan would like open the box that Dwight gave him and just be like, Oh no. no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'd be Moe's. Yeah. It, might, it, would, it probably yeah, you're would right. be you're Moe's. Right. It would be Moe's. Yeah. You're right. 100% right. Um, I, yes. And throughout this time we're getting, uh, speaking of Jim, we're also getting Daryl just getting drunk mm. and starting to build pressure like a, like a time bomb where he's just, and he says it pretty early on. He's like, hey, look, Jim mentioned he was going to take me to Philly. Hasn't said anything in months. Uh, and I'm going to get really drunk and confront him is essentially his thing. Along the way, we see him chugging straight out of the punch bowl. He's getting uh, cartoonishly drunk. Uh, Craig Robinson really overselling being drunk a, a little bit in this you know episode, what? I thought. Meredith's kind of cute. Yeah, he gets <laughs> he, contra- he contracts the Meredith virus, which is like he's drunk enough. That- <laughs> Wait, I love that he says Meredith's kind of cute. She's kind of got an Emma just, Stone thing I'm going just on. And then, it, and, then it, and then it immediately cuts to him like doing like a dance move in front of her and then pointing at her. And then she does a dance move and he just goes, and then right after that scene is pam and dwight they kind of have a sweet moment where they're both unhappy sitting at the desk talking about it and Pam's like for what it's worth i thought your party was better and dwight says everyone thought the food was gross and that belchnickel was some darkly erotic freak (laughs) (laughs) i don't think anyone thought that so self-aware darkly erotic freak Ah, anyway, I, I will say when Jim does come back, he kind of validates what they're all doing. He validates the Christmas party. He validates them being there. Like, I mean, if the tension is that Jim is abandoning his wife and his old workplace uh, for this new thing, the fact that he comes back kind of is like a heartwarming moment for the episode. And I love when Daryl dances up to him yes. and Jim is just like, oh, before I forget again, they want to bring you in for an interview. And Daryl spins around and falls backwards into that table. One of my favorite physical moments of comedy in the whole show. It is a 10 out of 10 uh, pratfall. It's so good. It's the, the way the table breaks, the 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 perfect spread eagle. It's awesome. I, I just want to say, too, that, like, you know, from a from a production standpoint, like the special effect of and stunt. Right. So these are separate things like there's like the stunt of like the actor spinning and falling. And then there's the special effect of the, of the table breaking and breaking again. Yes. (laughs) Which is, it's, 
it's very good slapstick physical comedy. It's great. It was extremely well executed. Mm. Uh, that the bowl, moment, of, the bowl oh. of eggnog. It's, it's <laughs> <laughs> that moment and the Meredith moment with the earlier conference room meeting. Any moment where the rest of the staff just goes, oh, like they, where they groan collectively is always a funny moment. Yeah. I will say, too, this is another moment where Jim is just so unrelatable in this episode. He does not detect Daryl's anger and everybody else in the room does. I mean, yeah, he's been getting drunk at his office alone is what it seems like. He has uh, been. He has the bowl. He's slurping from the bowl like right. you do. Like yeah. a soup. The way he walks into the conference room. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell if he's just is drunk strutting or if he's kind of dancing while he's about <laughs> he's to confront kind Jim. Of dancing. But, he's also like, yeah. but the way he says, you, seems like he's about to challenge him to a dance-off. He does. Like, you, <laughs> turn, we're doing this. <laughs> he does kind of dance walk up to it. Yeah. Uh, but of course, Jim, Jim comes back, a super sappy romantic thing. Like, no, I just missed my wife. After Pam's like, oh, what happened? You miss your bus? Yeah. Uh, Jim's plan being to get to Philly and have a whole night in a hotel to sleep and go to the meeting when he realizes, ah, I'll go to this party and I'll, I'll leave in the morning. And yeah. you're right that like, like when he comes back, like Dwight beats Pam to hug Jim, <laughs> you know, like it's almost like Jim's presence. Like Jim is someone who doesn't take anything seriously. And the fact that he came back for the party and is like, where's Belshinical? What's going on? It really validates the whole party for everyone. It validates Dwight a lot. And then for Pam, she's just like glad that, you know, he's going to be there that night um, before he goes to Philly. And he gets a chance to talk to Daryl again. So this whole thing kind of it's like this house of cards built on like Jim being reliable, which is it doesn't. Yeah, it just doesn't feel totally right a lot of the time in the episode. I mean, I think that's that's one thing that happens a lot in season nine, whether on purpose or not, is these moments that. In the rest of the show, Jim coming back like that would be the surprise and the nice moment, and sometimes it doesn't always feel right. Like, I yeah. think, for example, later on in the season when Jim gives Pam that drawing, and she's just like, oh, I, don't, I didn't realize you kept this. Like, it doesn't hit the same way. Yeah. I think that's one thing that was difficult uh, in season nine. I think it is funny to contrast the way that Dwight walks up to him and he puts his finger on Jim's lips. <laughs> and then you compare that to the way that Nellie does the same thing for Toby at the end of yes. the episode. <laughs> I mean, uh, she kisses Toby just just to just to get the out of there. What a terrible decision! So weird. Terrible Such a decision. weird ending. To the, the way episode. that Toby responds to being asked to talk about to finally, uh, he's yeah, finally gets a little bit of attention. You I, know, I, I I could talk about it. I could tell yeah. you. And, and and Stanley walks out the room. See yeah, you next Christmas. Just <laughs> actually, just one by one, people are leaving yeah, the room, and and Nelly just doesn't even notice. I know. And then the way that Toby takes off his glasses dramatically after that first yeah. kiss. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, amazing stuff. And that's and then the, uh, an episode over. Boom! It's like a Toby Nelly cliffhanger. It's it's bizarre, mm -hmm. very bizarre. But it is season nine. We shouldn't be surprised. Mm hmm. It's it's it is funny how when they brought out the Christmas decorations, it suddenly felt like we're back in the office for, on yes. a Christmas episode. And, mm -hmm. Yes, totally. And then actually, the, the 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 shot they chose to end it before the tag at the end, before the Nelly Toby scene, is a slow pan out of everyone in the conference room having a good time. Mm -hmm. And again, that doesn't feel like a normal ending. That feels like that feels like we're back at the Dundies, right? where they end mm. the episode with Jim and Pam listening to music and it kind of fades out. Uh, Although and, every good Christmas party ends in the bullpen. <laughs> true. Right. Right. Okay. Drunken karaoke somewhere. But so I did, uh, I was a little disappointed that they were all huddled in the conference. Yeah. Room. And I, I, it, you know, I get that it, it does feel a little corny and that it doesn't feel like DNA of the office to do that. But I get that the season nine, it's all about the ensemble. Right. And there is this moment to like, pan out and literally everyone's in the same room like there's not a side party there's not someone unhappy in the corner like everyone's there except toby and nelly making out but like mm -hmm. otherwise that's how they choose to end the episode and that's that's what season nine is like all about is them just here's the ensemble doing their thing there you go well and i mean this is probably a, a bigger conversation for our inevitable or eventual season nine episode but in the Andy Green book, they talk about going into that season, not sure if they're going to reboot 
or if this is going to be the last season and how they deal with that. And I think when they made that decision to make this the last season, they had so much to get to mm. that a lot of the episodes don't have the same like breathing room that maybe an mm. episode in season five or six might have had. Where right. there is some plot stuff to resolve, but you can have a Christmas episode with the moment, like I'm thinking of when Angela's trying to throw the tablecloth on and no one, and I think <laughs> no, no one's helping her. It's, it's like those moments are harder to find in season nine because they have so much to get to. Yeah. See, but that's, that's a huge problem for me though, Edwin. That's like, that's exactly why I fell in love with the show that they take a moment to the take this expensive time on television. You know what I mean? Like that those like they measure this stuff by like the second, like when you're on when you're on Thursday night comedy on NBC and it's like it's just going to be an actress like flipping a, a tablecloth for a few seconds. And you get to season nine where it's just like, pack it in, pack it in, pack it in. Have all these, we got to have, have all these storylines. Story we got to have yeah. something for everyone, something for everyone. Let's say, what's, what are they doing over there? Like, it's just like, it, it really got away. And I'll say this too, that it really got away from all the other Christmas episodes being about what everyone experiences it, when they have an office Christmas party and stuff like that to being about, these characters in this very specific situation. So like, mm -hmm. um, that's, a, and, and again, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm being hard on this episode because it's season nine and I just, you know. No, it's true. I mean, when you look at this episode, what's structurally within the season, the most important parts of this episode as a Christmas episode, plot-wise are, are two things I would say, which is one, introduce Pete and Aaron and get that couple going. And two, Establish that Daryl's going to go to Philadelphia, mm -hmm. right? Those are the two main plot things that that this episode does for season nine. I would say, right? Am I, I don't, I don't, I guess Toby having a crush on Nelly, but whatever, who cares? Which goes nowhere. So right, exactly. So it's like that's ultimately what they had to do with this episode, and and then they dressed it up a lot with, uh, you know, in twigs and burlap. I mean, they also. I mean, the other big plot thing for me is that they identified the spoon that guided Dwight's head <laughs> Dwight's through the birthing skull. canal. <laughs> that would be the other thing. But no, I I, 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 agree with you. I think this. I think the episode suffers for that, and and it's true. A lot of episodes in season nine, but it's just something I wanted to mention. You know. Sure. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Anything else? Um, I, this episode? I, hot takes for this episode for me were. Uh, Wait, you know, now one, come the hot takes? Uh, or, uh, these are, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I've said it all before, but it's it's just that, I mean, number one, thank God for Rain Wilson in season nine. He's, yes. He is carrying the show. He carries this episode. 100%. Um, every character has kind of uh, shifted away from what I like about them, except for <laughs> Dwight yeah. at this point. Um, <laughs> I, and... <laughs> what? what? Yeah, it just made me think of this. Just one thing about this a moment that made me laugh that had made me laugh before this episode is the scene when Jim and Dwight break the pig rib and the amount of yeah. juice that comes out. Oh, and sprays yeah, I was going to mention that too. It is. That's such a funny amount of fluid that is it's nasty and nobody wiped it off apparently it's like still on phyllis's face when they're in the conference room I thought that was a really good touch it's so gross um um and and just that jim is really awful in this episode i really really don't like him he's so cocky and uh, ignorant of of how people are feeling around him and uh, he ruins everyone in the office just wanted a regular Christmas party they were all ready to vote on that and he used Pam's uh, manipulation skills to get this Dwight Christmas that he leaves halfway through okay so I'm just saying not a good episode for Jim he's being a real mop handle <laughs> Closing well, thoughts, Edwin. <laughs> I was like, should we go over the no, gifts that I mean, he is now? Nah. But I do like that everyone wants to keep the bowls. I think that's funny. Like, you, he's covered, like, you can't keep the bowls. 
We covered, I mean, we covered so much of it. I think it's great to see Dwight as Belschnickel. He does carry the episode in a way, in, in the same way that he carries so much of the rest of season nine. And uh, it is very interesting to watch this in, re- in context of the rest of the season and how it's part of this puzzle piece that gets them to the finale with all these plot things that they have to walk through to get there. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, Dwight as Belschnickel is an enduring uh, image of the office and I will say too, like one of the things we're going to talk about picks later in uh, the episode, but one thing I love to do around Christmas is watch all the Christmas episodes from different shows that I love. And within the episode, within the office Christmas episodes, this one is different, which I kind of like if you're just going to chop up the show that way. Mm. Yeah, it's a good yeah. call. Good call. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, time for a conference room. Five minutes. All right. Everybody in the conference room. I don't care if you are gay or straight or a lesbian or overweight. Just get in here right now. All right. So uh, for this week's conference room, it's um, it's it's Christmas time 2020. Um, we just want to talk about um, everyone's home for Christmas break, probably. And so what are, what are some things that you guys are watching this Christmas break, whether that be Christmas content uh, that you're watching or listening to, or just stuff from from this year that you'd recommend for for other folks. What what are your picks? Uh, I've got a I've got a pot. I've got some podcasts. I got a something to watch and something to read. Mm-hmm, uh, which mm-hmm. of those do you want first, Sean? I wanna I wanna hear the. Let's get the reading out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> this was something that uh, we read in a book club that I was uh, part of this year. It's a book called The Last Days of Night by Graham Moore. Um, it's not a dense book. It's not an exceptional. I, it's not like a You're crazy, really selling it. I know. I know. It's not, <laughs> it's not this like crazy, amazing book, but it is a very enjoyable read in the same way. It's like a big popcorn movie. This is that for a book. That's just like easy to read. There's no fat on this book. It's just moves. And it's the story essentially of like, uh, of Edison versus Tesla and versus George Whoa. Westinghouse. So it's like late 1800s, the electricity wars uh, and told I from love... the perspective of uh, George Westinghouse's lawyer who is suing Edison, uh, which sounds boring, but it's not drunk. I love that drunk history uh, about um, Tesla and Edison yes. with uh, John C. Riley. Is it like that? <laughs> exactly. No. Um, okay. Good. No, but it's 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 a really fun read. It moves super fast. Like you could probably check this book out or buy it and read it before the end of the year. Like it's it's a quick nice read if you're on uh, nice. if you're on Christmas vacation and just want to plow through a book like that. Uh, it's it's really fun. It's it's great characters and uh, it's it's like reading a movie. It's good. Nice. Well, what? Okay. What are you watching? Oh, you want me to go again? Yeah. Oh, man, oh, well, go go or, go again. Well, uh, 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 okay. I've, uh, uh, I watched the Heaven's Gate doc on, uh, HBO. What? Oh, shoot. I didn't know that there was a Heaven's Gate doc Bro. on HBO. It's called Heaven's Gate, the Cult of Cults. And four, four-parter. Okay. If, I mean, if you like cults, you're going to like it. And just, I, I do. And I go. do. And I will. Yet, yet another, <laughs> uh, yet another cult that started in Oregon. People just love starting cults here in our fair yeah, state. It's a good- <laughs> uh, and I would say that uh, it, I don't know. There's a lot in it that blows my mind, but but T and Doe, who are the leaders, uh, Doe, who's the guy, um, mm-hmm. is like first round number one draft pick cult leader type. Like he is incredible. As dark as all this is, uh, it, there's there's a level of commitment to this cult that is like astounding, and I kind of respect it. Uh, I, even though what happened is horrific, it's also like kind of blows me away. I've listened to the last podcast on the left about it. Nice. And it's a great story. Well, uh, enjoy, enjoy that documentary series, will you? Uh, and then the other, uh, a movie that just came on Netflix uh, is Frost Nixon. If you guys haven't seen that, it's, oh, yeah. it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. I haven't I seen s- it, but I saw it when it first came out and loved it. And, uh, they just put on Netflix and it's like a movie. I feel like a lot of people should see. And it's, um, it's just about a, a journalist who interviewed Richard Nixon, gave Richard Nixon gave his first public interview after resigning from the presidency. Mm. Um, and it was a big media event and it's sort of the story behind all that. And the acting's awesome. Writing's great. It's just a great movie. Did, uh, nice. did John Krasinski play Nixon in that movie? No. 
<laughs> He's just very Nixony in the morning. <laughs> That's right. Yes, absolutely. Oh, good. Uh, it's great. Um, what about you, Edwin? What you got? What are your Christmas picks? Uh, if so, I, I uh, started watching this the other day. I'm not done with it yet, but I, but I've loved it uh, all the way through. Is Ted Lasso? Oh, nice. Uh, oh, it's on okay. Apple the TV. Jason, uh, what, what what's Jason his name? Suda- Jason so it's, Yeah, so it's based off these commercials that NBC made a few years ago. But basically, the premise is an American football coach gets hired as an English Premier League team coach or a manager, I should say. Uh, for this fictional club um, in the EPL. And uh, it's that story of him going over there. And it's just, it's really good. It's, it's kind of hard to encapsulate, but like it gets better as it goes. And it's the character is kind of this relentless optimist, um, which is really nice against kind of these British sensibilities uh, that they play for humor quite a bit, which is pretty good. And he's got a lot of folksy sayings. Um, it's, it's, it's just really, really good. I highly, highly nice. recommend it. Awesome. Yeah. I'll talk nice. check that out. Yeah, uh, but it's on Apple, Apple TV. Yeah. It's on Apple TV, which is the thing. Interesting. Here we go. Yeah. Mm. Apple TV, Peacock. We, we got new Peacock, streaming yeah. services, and I just got CBS All Access, so I could watch yeah. the one. <laughs> um, I think. Let me think. Other things. I mean, the other thing that I've been doing this season is watching Christmas episodes of different TV shows nice. that I love. That's that's. A, that's I highly recommend Classic. that. It's just kind of a way to chop up shows that you haven't seen in a while, like. Um, I feel like I've talked about Bob's Burgers quite a bit, but uh, uh, that's a show Bob's where Burgers. like you can stack the Christmas episodes and they're really fun to watch back to back. Because it's such a sweet show at heart. Like it has such a good. Yeah, that's that's a great one. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, I guess the thing that I'm reading right now, this is going to sound super nerdy. Um, but then again, so does our podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm reading um, Jonathan Hickman, who is a comic book writer, uh, his run on like X-Men. House of X and Powers of X came out last year, but uh, I like to let that stuff, I like to be behind so that I don't have to wait for new issues to come out. I can just kind of read it all in one go. Um, But that's really great if you like Marvel Comics. Nice, nice. Great picks. Uh, For my Christmas uh, watch list, we just watched um, uh, Muppet Christmas Carol the other day. That's a movie from my childhood uh, that I hadn't watched in like over a decade. And you know what? It holds up. It's I'm so, gonna, good, so I'm going to recommend that one. That's an annual. I watch that every year with my family. I, oh, my God. Well, now I'm going to because I hadn't seen it in years. And I was it, it's it's still great, good. Man. Michael Caine is is Ebenezer Scrooge. That's brilliant. Yeah. I on, on a recent all fantasy everything. Shout out to their pod. Uh, we, we mentioned them a lot, <laughs> but they made a point which made me laugh so hard, which is I can't believe it took me this long to realize that one of the Marley brothers is named Robert Marley, a.k.a. Bob Marley. And oh, yeah. No oh. one ever noticed that. Like This whole time he's been named Robert Marley in that story. Marley and Marley. Ooh. All right. Um, so also um, another another fun Christmas thing to watch is the Casey Musgraves Christmas special. There's a lot oh, okay. of okay. incredible I was, people. I was but... just at our friend Matt's house today and that was what was paused on the oh, screen. Nice. Yeah. Oh nice. Oh nice. Yeah, Matt loves Casey Musgraves. Oh, I think we I was so it. not surprised. I was so I've not. seen Ryan and I have seen her live. We've got um one of the albums on vinyl, Golden Hour. I think that's it. So anyway, she's yep. great. She's got a great Christmas special. Dan Levy is uh narrating and uh and uh there's a lot of am- amazing people zoe deschanel uh uh lana del rey and sick, leon sick. bridges Ooh. a lot of great people on that awesome. so All right. that's just a fun one you turn it on and walk away james gordon um okay uh elf you know what? obviously oh yeah oh sorry i didn't mean to interrupt go ahead keep going oh sorry, no sorry. no 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 go ahead or what are you gonna make oh just uh, you know an office themed pick is the andy green book the office oh, yeah. the untold story mm. if uh, if you haven't read that book uh, i highly recommend it uh came out in march and we've talked about it we reference it from time to time i brought it up here but i i will admit that i'm kind of guilty of instead of reading it through in one go i'll like kind of use it to kind of help us prep and kind of cherry pick different chapters and sections and stuff um but reading the season nine chapter today to kind of help get it get ready for this episode like made me realize that I need to just sit down and read it all the way through, even though I've read the large majority of it in chunks. Um, 
But anyway, it's a great gift. I think you could learn a lot about The Office from it. Like, it's so interesting to hear the different perspectives of different writers and actors and how they perceive different events and dynamics differently, which is pretty cool. Um, but anyway, uh, that's a, that's an Office-themed recommendation. That's a great one. Great one. Yeah. Um, Talk about uh, Elf. No, no, no. I was just going to have you, you know, if you haven't seen Elf, you got to watch it. Okay. Done. Um, time for some trivia. Yeah. Trivia. Boing, All right. Boing, let's, boing, do boing, boing, boing. <laughs> let's just do our thing, collect our hardware, and get the hell home. This trivia comes to us from Scott, dear Sean Roney, Edwin James, and as always, your producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. I am Scott, and I live in California. I'm a big fan of your podcast and have listened to nearly hey. every episode. Here's Thank some you, trivia Scott. that I created. I tried to make it as difficult as possible by including visual trivia. Uh, as well as trivia from Scott's Tots, since I know that many people do not rewatch that episode due to its high level of cringe. Really hope you enjoy. Okay, here we go. Question one. What meals do Kevin and Pam eat together while Pam is pregnant in the delivery part one? Uh, I feel like we talked about this on a recent episode, but Ratatouille from Ratatouille. Oh, I'm so- oh. What are the... Um, like, oh, like meals. You mean they have like second lunch, first dinner. Yes. And second, wait, first lunch, second lunch, and first dinner. Right. They have a schedule. Is that and it? it? It's second breakfast, lunch, oh, second, second lunch, lunch oh. and oh. first dinner. Oh, God. okay. Oh, okay. I sorry. Well, sorry. I missed the breakfast. But that was yeah. the answer, right? Like we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 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 Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, okay. works cornflake chicken from the Twilight Cookbook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what are the four kinds of business, according to Michael Scott in his lecture in the episode Business School? <laughs> okay, sales is one. Railroad? Yes. Railroads, rather. Yes. Airplanes? Yes. Or no, is it travel? Air travel, yes. Air travel. Yeah. I'll give you that. Um, and uh, f- uh, food. Food? Food? Uh, food service, yes. That's four. And, that's yeah, four, that's right? that's four. And then there's uh, I, uh, he 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 gave you he said guess four of the seven. I guess is what he oh, said. So, oh, okay. So there's also uh, yeah. What are the tourism. rest of them? Okay. Oh, okay. And hospitals slash manufacturing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's great. <laughs> okay, all right. How many times has uh, Michael's meeting with the Scotts Tots been rescheduled? Nine? Seven times. Seven times. Seven times. Okay. What are the mnemonic devices that Michael comes up with for the people at his lecture at the Utica oh branch? Oh, boy. From lecture, lecture Circuit Part 1. These are the names that he gives? Yes. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven names. Katie Lang. <laughs> no. Baldy? Okay. Baldy is one. La- uh, lazy eye. Yes. Sugar boobs. <laughs> yes. Uh, beardy. No. Isn't one, doesn't one isn't it's one close. just Mexico? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's four. Uh, <laughs> glasses. So bad, dude. Uh, no. No. Um, is there, a, a, is there a shirt? Shirty, shirty. Ah. Oh, uh, 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 it's like um, pimple or mole or something. Mole, 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 and black woman. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> what What are the paintings that Pam painted at the art show of business school? A stapler. Uh, yes. The building. Yes. Uh, um, I think there's a pot of flowers or like some still life of flowers. Uh, there's, we've got, uh, orange, uh, yes, vase of flowers, yes. Fruit of some kind? There's grapes in a bowl. Okay, yeah. Uh, motel art. Yeah. (laughs) And then we've got an orange mug of tea. And, Mm. uh, the brick building, a brick building that resembles, um, the building in the opening credits. Okay. Okay. 
That's uh, another non-musical earworm, by the way, when Gil says motel art. Whenever yeah. I'm at a hotel and I see art, that, I hear that in my head. Just in motel <laughs> art. Motel Such art. disdain. Um, I've got uh, about five more questions here. Okay. okay. When Andy cannot remember the lyrics to the Kit Kat commercial jingle and local ad, what are all the things he tries to replace with Kit Kat bar in the lyrics? Football, football cream. cream. <laughs> That's it. Football, football cream. Football cream. <laughs> Applesauce. 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 Chrysler car. Chrysler, Chrysler car. car. Fancy feast. Fancy feast. There's more? Nice I thought that was car. it. Fancy feast. Okay, I don't know. Maybe, perhaps these are de- some deleted scenes, but I'll, I'll read you the ones that you Yeah, 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 yes. Lumber tar. Oh, okay. Snickers Lumber bar. Tar. He does it like under Snickers his breath. Bar. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Gray poupon. Gray poupon, yeah, for sure. Claude Van Damme. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Hair for men. Hair for <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's poison, <laughs> poison and gas. gas. Yeah, yeah. And NutraSweet. Okay. There's way more okay. than I thought. I thought it was like four. So yeah. many, so many. Never would have gotten. Them. Well, like there's that. So he's like in the conference room doing it, and Jim says, "Nobody tell him." Yep. <laughs> yeah. And then when he says football cream, Michael says, "That's it. It's football cream." Football cream. And they move on. <laughs> and then there's another scene where he's saying it to himself. And then at the uh, end, okay. the tag of the episode, he also does it. Okay. Fancy oh, yeah. feast. Yeah. yeah. What are all the names of Scott's tots that are said aloud? Michaela Laster. Yeah. Um. I'm someone's brother. Oh my gosh, Isaiah. Uh, Zion is Michaela's brother. Okay, Zion is Michaela's brother. Um, Isaiah is not one. Uh, is there a Nick? There. Okay, all right. I, I, I'm gonna read them for you because yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. close. Derek, Lafarve, Ben, Ayana, Michaela, Nikki, Jason, Nikki. and Zion, Michaela's brother. Okay. 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 When Andy and Pam go on a sales call in Koi Pond, Andy sings a song about the various businesses Sweet. in the office complex. What are the three businesses he names in their suite? Apple no- bomb drilling. <laughs> Sweet 401. Uh, yes. yes. Sweet uh, 202. There's the, sh- uh, there's the rugs. Like sh- uh, something rugs. Sh- sh- we got Sherman blinds and rugs. Mm-hmm. Sweet two o two. Sherman blinds and rugs. Sweet two o two. Apple bottom really. Sweet four o one. Yeah. Sweet bottom do betty do. That's like holding in a sneeze. And the first one. What is it? Dean's trophies in sweet. Ah, that's a great. That's okay. a good. Ah. That's a great trivia question. That's yeah, good, that's really good. Good trivia. Okay, question. question uh, uh, we got two more here. Right after Dwight gives birth to a watermelon, <laughs> yes. we see him pulling up his pants next to Michael's desk during a talking head of Michael's. What color are his boxers? Green. I was gonna say red. Maroon. So I'm going to give right. that one to Alex. Combine red and green. What do you get? <laughs> I don't know. Brown. Brown. Maroon. Spicy brown. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Final question. Yeah. All right. And I, I, I would, I'm going to be shocked if any of you get this because really this is a deep. Okay. What is the name of the character who is listed as playing boy in bar in threat level midnight? There's they named this kid on IMDb. Oh, so so you don't know. It's not that I watch it. The Office. I would have to go <laughs> on IMDb uh, and figure it out. Yeah. Timmy, really, no thanks. Uh, but I'll give you a second to guess. Uh, Timmy, John, no, uh, no, Terry, Michael, guys, no, Luke. It's all right. Luke, it's Owen Winkdale, Owen mm. Winkdale, and this is just okay. On IMDb. So there you go. There's a little uh, fun fact for you. And thank you, Scott, to making that trivia. Yeah. You can Great send Scott. us trivia. Great Scott. Uh, Great Scott. Uh, you can send us <laughs> trivia by emailing us, mspodcastcompany at gmail.com. It's great to say that it's trivia in the subject line, and uh, we will play it on the show. Um, uh, call us, 503 
694-9314. Leave us a message. We love to play those on the show. We're on Facebook and Instagram, Michael Scott Podcast Company. We have a website, michaelscottpod.com. We're on Patreon, patreon.com slash Michael Scott. Five bucks a month. You can become a Scott's Hot. You can get bonus content every month. We do our own mailbags on there. We you were recording this Tuesday. We just dropped one today. So we just dropped Scott's one. Tots. You're getting two episodes this week just for yep. you and the Christmas break to get you through. And uh, yeah, we're going to be. Yeah. So join us on there. Uh, it supports the show. We do a donation together to the third good Marshall College Fund. Uh, it's a it's a great thing. Uh, join us on there. Great Whoops. <laughs> um, <laughs> special thanks. To to <laughs> uh, sp- very special thanks to all of our Scott's Tots for supporting the show. Uh, you guys uh, make this thing happen. Um, and special thanks to Ryan Lloyd, who helps us with our social media and designs our artwork. This episode was recorded in Portland, Oregon, over video chat. Thank you uh, for listening. As always, we say it every week, uh, but it's easy when you mean it. I think um, I think at the end of the year, I just hope everyone has a great Christmas. Happy holidays. And uh, we'll see you all. Take care. Stay safe. We'll see you next week. Pippity poppy. Give me the song. Yes. 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 Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.